So, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Matthew chapter 1, verses 22, 23. God with us. What an incredible thought. Isn't it really? Think about who God is, what he created, what he's capable of, and he wanted more than anything in the universe to be with you and I. Isn't that incredible? And he wanted us to be with him, and so he came to be Emmanuel, God with us. Think about that. That's mind-blowing. No matter how many years you live as a Christian, that ought to always be mind-blowing, that God wanted to come and be with us. And, and the thing is, is we don't just think about it. We absolutely can know it. Know it. 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 through 20. To absolutely know... As John tells us, beginning in his gospel account, that the Word, that is Jesus Christ, the living Word, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace. Aren't you grateful for the grace of God this morning? Full of grace and truth, John 1:14, and he did it for us. This great God and creator wanted so much to be with us, to share his holiness and his grace and his truth. Again, as we see in John chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. But although Jesus Christ, although the word became flesh, although the son of the living God, the God who came to be with us and wanted to be with us so much, that he was gladly willing to leave the glories of heaven. You know, we all want to go to heaven. We want to see what heaven's like. We want to enjoy heaven. He knew. And yet he wanted to be with us so much that he left the glories of heaven. For what? For the horrors of crucifixion. That's how much he wanted to be with us. That's incredible to me. That will always be incredible to me. However, this God who was gladly willing to leave the glories of heaven for the horrors of crucifixion because he wanted to be with us so desperately much, despite all of that, there were, and there are still tragically today, a lot of people who do not want him to be with them, who do not themselves want to be with him. You know. There's not much more in this world that's any sadder. There's not much more in this world that's any more devastating than to love somebody, to love somebody so much that you are willing to do, to sacrifice, to give up anything in your world to be with them. But that very person doesn't want anything to do with you. 
They neither love light nor even want you to get anywhere near them. That is exactly what happened to God. That's exactly what happened to Emmanuel, God with us, the God who came to be with us. He was willing to give up anything and everything and things we can't even imagine to be God with us. And yet there are people, and there were, who wanted nothing to do with him. John chapter 1, please open your Bibles there this morning. In John chapter 1, by the way, these three verses that we're going to look at that prove that point, that there were those that didn't want anything to do with him, this is what I call one of those myth-buster texts. You'll see why as we explore it. John 1, 11 through 13. Even though he came to be God with us, verse 11 of John 1, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus came, God with us, to be with us. But there were some, as you see right there, he came to his own. They didn't want to be with him. They didn't want him with them. And the reason I call this one of those myth-buster texts is because you have folks today that will say, well, all you've got to do is receive God Christ for who he is, and you become a child of God. That's not what verse 12 says. The ones who received him, that is, the ones who recognized him when he came as being the son of the living God, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Do you see it? It doesn't say to those who received him, they became children, but to those who received him, he gave the right to become children. That's another step. So it takes more than just, even though they don't use the word the same today, receive Christ. It takes more than just simply receiving him to make you his child. Believing in him for who he is is the first step that gives you the right later on to become a child of God, but that involves taking that further. But at any rate, Although he came that he might be God with us, with everyone, there would be many throughout the ages that Christ Jesus would never be with because they didn't want him with them. They did not want him with them. They proved by their actions, by their reactions and their rejections that they did not want him to be or to walk with them. Some people say, well, that's a pretty hard saying that there's some people that Jesus just never will be with. Well. It does sound a little strong, a little hard, but you know what? Scripture is clear in so many places about this very thing that if you don't want God with you, he won't be. He's not going to stay where he's not wanted. I'm preaching today a little two-part sermon mini-series. I hope that you will be here for both parts of it, if at all possible. Today's little sermon mini-series, which I'm going to finish tonight, we're going to begin this morning by taking a look at King Asa the great-great-grandson of King David. King Asa, the great-great-grandson of King David, is recorded in 2 Chronicles 15, where I'd like to start. Please turn there with me. And we will see a truth that I hope everybody in this room really understands and shares with others. 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and spend most of our time this morning in 2 Chronicles. We're going to look at the generations of Asa's family, both before him and after him, and we're going to see the same truth revealed over and over and over 
First Chronicles chapter, uh, Second Chronicles 15, I'm sorry, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa. And he said to Asa, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Isn't that an awesome promise? If you seek God, he will be found. There's no doubt about it. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And that is just as sure. Verse 2 is a key verse. It is the key verse that you are going to hear again and again today. Verse 2 of, of 2 Chronicles 15 is the theme of this sermon miniseries today. It's also another one of those myth buster sermons, uh, passages. It's one that I learned years ago, 2 Chronicles 15, 2, to go along with Galatians 5, 4 in helping to destroy that demonic false doctrine of once saved, always saved. Galatians 5.4 shows us that that's not true, that you can fall from grace. And this verse right here, and all of the times you see it repeated, prove to us that, yes, you can lose God's being with you. This is a, a truth we see reflected in a lot of passages. For example, do you remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8? He said this, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Now, if you don't seek, you ain't going to find. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For indeed, everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. If you're not seeking, you're not going to find. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. We see this truth reflected in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, which says, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that he is, watch this, and that he is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. This truth of, of 2 Chronicles 15, 2, which serves as our theme verse today, is seen reflected throughout the scriptures. I wish I had time I wish I had time today to go over every verse that reflects this truth in some form or fashion. We wouldn't get to the lights of Muskogee tonight. I'm just saying. This is a foundational biblical truth from the God of heaven who came to be God with us, which all of us, which have any hope of being with him forever, must accept, understand, and incorporate into our own spiritual life. That truth is this. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him. And by the way, that's not talking about a one-time thing. Oh, I sought the Lord. I was baptized. That's not what it's talking about. If you seek him. That is an ongoing seeking. That is a seeking till the end of this life. That is an ongoing seeking as long as we live. If you seek him continually. He'll be found by you continually. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And again, this is something that goes with that sermon last Sunday morning. Young people, 
Don't miss, I beg you this morning, don't miss 2 Chronicles 15 too. It's easy when you're young to seek the Lord. When your parents come and, and you're excited about being involved in the church and all those things. But life tends to beat you up. Satan is real. And sometimes we can get down the road and, and we, can, we can drift. When you, when you get out on your own, you know, a lot of our young people are so beautiful, they develop their own faith and things work the way they're supposed to, but sometimes it doesn't work that way and, and they get so distracted and get pulled away. If you seek him continually, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. This is a vital truth that King Asa should have realized from his own life Let's take a look at that life this morning. Then we'll go back into some of his lineage and see this truth repeated over and over. Look with me in chapter 14. Let's look at what led up to the statement in chapter 15 and verse 2 by going back to 2 Chronicles 14. Follow along with me, please. Verse 1. So Abijah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. Then Asa, his son, reigned in his place. In his days, the land was quiet for 10 years. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he removed the altars of the foreign gods and the high places, broke down the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden images. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandment. He also removed the high places, the incense altars, from all the cities of Judah, and the kingdom was quiet under him. And he built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. He had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said to Judah, let us build these cities, make walls around them, towers, gates, and bars, while the land is yet before us. Watch this. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him and he has given us rest on every side so they built and they prospered you can't miss the reflection of second chronicles 15 2, our theme verse for today you cannot miss that as you read through those verses about asa now in verses 8 through 10 of second chronicles 14 we see an army twice the size of his threatening an army that's twice the size of his with 300 chariots on top of that. Look what happens in verses 11 and 12 of chapter 14. Verses 11 and 12. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and they fled. It was on their way home from this great victory, as we see in the rest of chapter 14, that they had mountains of spoil. They had mountains of plunder, it tells us, in verses 13 through 15 of chapter 14. It was on their way home that the prophet Azariah came out to meet King Asa and his army and to underscore the truth that they had just experienced. And Asa comes out to the army. And basically what he's telling Asa and the army is, look, I want to tell you the truth that reflects what just happened to you. Verse 2 of chapter 15, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. We saw that 
in chapter 14 and verse 7. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. As I look at that, this is something, as I say, that King Asa, as well as you and I, had ought to realize from his life, this, this validation. We should also understand it from Asa's lineage. Asa's family tree. Take, for example, Asa, and we're going to trace down some lineage here. I'll try not to confuse everybody with the names. Asa's great great-grandfather was King David. I want us to look at the words that Asa's great-great-grandfather, King David, said to his great-grandfather, Solomon, several generations earlier. Back up one book to 1 Chronicles 28. Let's look in the family tree. Let's go back four generations and look in the family tree and see how real this truth of 2 Corinthians uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 2, how it's been validated for generations. In 1 Chronicles 28.9, Asa's great-great-grandfather says to his son, who was Asa's great-grandfather, Solomon, the following. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9. Look at what it says. David says, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll cast you off forever. That's what David told his son Solomon. Now Solomon, we know, then went on to sit on the throne, and, and he prospered. Solomon was seeking the Lord, and he was prospering all over the place. First Chronicles 29, verses 23 through 25. We know that he prospered. And then in 2 Chronicles 1 and verse 1, it tells us that the Lord his God was with him. Speaking of Solomon, 2 Chronicles 1, 1. The Lord his God was with him and exalted him exceedingly. Why was God with him? Because he was with God. Because he was seeking the Lord. And if you seek the Lord, he will be found by you. But we also know later on what happened to Solomon, don't we? While God prospered him while he was seeking, we know that later on from 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 and following, some excerpts tell us that King Solomon loved many foreign women from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. That's what God had said. That's what God's word had said. And Solomon, who had been so blessed by God because he was with God and God was with him, Solomon decided that he wasn't going to listen to God's word anymore. And so later on in his life, he marries these foreign women. God had said, they'll turn your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart, for it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods, 
and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. Verse 6, Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as his father David. Verse 9, so the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes which I commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. That's 1 Kings chapter 11. If you were to go home this afternoon and you were to read the rest of that passage, You'll see that God then raised up adversaries against Solomon instead of blessing him and being with him as he was before. Moving on from Solomon, Asa's great-grandfather, Solomon had a son. Solomon's son was Rehoboam. This was Asa's grandfather. Now as we go up through 2 Chronicles and we look at him just briefly, in 2 Chronicles 11, 1 through 17, we see that for the first three years of his reign, for the first three years of his reign, he sought the Lord wonderfully. He sought the Lord fully. He did things God's way in 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 17. He was blessed for three years. Why? Because the Lord is with you while you are with him. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And guess what? Rehoboam, Solomon's son and Asa's grandfather, after three years of serving the Lord, being blessed by the Lord, seeking the Lord, serving the Lord, forsook the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 12. Follow along with me, please. Second Chronicles 12, 1 and 2. Now it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself that he forsook. Three years of following and being blessed. He knew better. But he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel along with him. And it happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem because they had transgressed the Lord. That was the whole reason. They'd been following and serving and blessed. Young people, old people, middle-aged people, whoever you are. When you will continue to seek the Lord, you'll find him. And he'll bless you. But if you stop, if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And that's what happened here. Look in 2 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 5. Then Shemaiah the prophet came to Rehoboam and the leaders of Judah who were gathered together in Jerusalem because of Shishak and said to them, Thus says the Lord, You have forsaken me. Therefore I've left you in the hand of Shishak. Because the Lord is with you while you are with him. It goes on in verses 6 through 8 to say this, So the leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and they said, The Lord is righteous. Now when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, They have humbled themselves, therefore I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. My wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Nevertheless, they will be his servants, that they may distinguish my service from the service of the kingdoms of the nations. Look in verse 12. 
When he humbled himself, the wrath of the Lord turned from him so as not to destroy him completely, and things went well in Judah. Sure. And this is a good thing. He humbled himself. He realized that he was no longer seeking the Lord. He realized he had forsaken the Lord. And so like the prodigal son, he says, you know what? And, and he turns back and, and he humbles himself before God. And that's, that's awesome and wonderful. And when he did, things went better. But here's the deal. The reason they never went anywhere as near as well as they could have yeah, they went better, but the reason that they never went as good as they could have for him is for one reason. Because he did evil. Why did he do evil? This is so critical. Why did he do evil? Well, God's answer is right here in verse 14 of 2 Chronicles 12. He did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Seeking the Lord is something you've got to want to do with your heart. It's something you've got to desire to do in your heart. As you look at your life and you look at the goodness of God, and you say, God is so awesome and I want to be with him and I don't want to go to hell for my sins and, and God is, is so good and he's willing to forgive. And, and as, you, as you look at him, you prepare your heart. That's how you do it. The reason he did evil is because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Brethren, seeking the Lord is more than just showing up for church on Sundays. That's part of it. Just like belief is part of salvation. Is belief alone enough to save anybody? No. Well, showing up for church on Sunday ain't enough to save anybody either. You've got to seek the Lord. You've got to prepare your heart. Young people, you've got to, you've got to learn about how awesome God is so that you're prepared with all of your heart to continue to seek him all of your life because there's nothing else that's as awesome as seeking this God. He did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord, and so he did evil. And finally, we get to Rehoboam's son, who was Abijah. This is Asa's father. In 2 Chronicles chapter 13, Asa's dad, Abijah, wound up having to go to war against Jerusalem. I'm sorry, against Jeroboam. He wound up having to go to war against Jeroboam and taking on an army that was twice the size of his own. And you know how he did it? He went out and he told them, he said, look, you have forsaken God, which they had done. We could, uh, there's a lot of history here. I'm not going over. I'm just hitting the highlights. He said, you have forsaken God. We haven't. Therefore, 2 Chronicles 15, 2, the Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you, yes. If you forsake him, he'll forsake you, yes. Abijah tells Jeroboam, he says, look, we've continued to keep the commandments of the Lord. We've continued to seek the Lord. We are doing it the Lord's way, therefore the Lord is with us. Do not attack us, because if you do, you cannot win, because God is with us. And we know God is with us, because we are with him. Or better yet, let me just read it. 2 Chronicles chapter 13, beginning at verse 8, look at this. Abijah, Asa's father, says, And now you think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord, which is in the hand of the sons of David. And you are a great multitude. And with you are the golden calves, the gold calves which Jeroboam made for you as gods. Have you not cast out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and made for yourself priests like the peoples of other lands, so that whoever comes to consecrate himself with a young bull and seven rams may be a priest of things that are not gods? 
They'd violated the commandment of God and the priesthood and a bunch of other stuff. And, and Abijah, Asa's dad, goes on to say, but as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him. And the priests who minister to the Lord are the sons of Aaron, and the Levites attend to their duties. They burn to the Lord every morning and every evening, burnt sacrifices and sweet incense. They also set the showbread in order on the pure gold table and the lampstands of gold with its lamps to burn every evening. Watch this. For we keep the commandment of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. Now look, God is with us as our head. Why? Because they were with God. And the priest was sounding trumpets to sound the alarm against you. O children of Israel, do not fight against the Lord God of your fathers, for you shall not prosper. But you know what? Children of Israel didn't listen. They thought they could do it. So they took them on. And they lost very badly. Very, very badly. They had the advantage of numbers. They had the advantage of an ambush, but the thing they didn't have the advantage of was God with them because they hadn't stayed with God. They had forsaken God, and so God had forsaken them. Verses 15 through 18, follow along, please. Then the men of Judah gave a shout, and as the men of Judah shouted, it happened to God struck Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah, this is Asa's dad, in Judah. Children of Israel fled before Judah. God delivered them into their hand. Then Abijah, that is Asa's dad, and his people struck them with a great slaughter. So 500,000 choice men of Israel fell slain. I'd say that's quite a defeat, wouldn't you? That's a lot of people. But we know the reason. The reason is because Israel had forsaken God. They were no longer faithful to him. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. The proof is right here with Asa's dad. Thus the children of Israel, verse 18 of chapter 13, thus the children of Israel were subdued at that time. Children of Judah prevailed because they relied on the Lord God of their fathers. And they didn't just rely on God when they got in trouble. What I read to you earlier, they relied on God throughout and leading up to their trouble. They trusted God. They kept his commandments. They had not forsaken him. I don't know how many times. Don't know how many times. People who are Christians, they get baptized into Christ, and they come for a while, and, and then you don't see them. They're gone for months, sometimes years. They're not seeking the Lord. They're not pursuing the Lord. They're not trying to find the Lord. They're not continually, diligently doing that. And I'm not talking about people, again, whose health doesn't allow them to. I'm talking about people that can but choose not to, okay? And their life winds up in a mess. One of the first things they do is call a church, says, can you pray for me? Yeah, we'll be glad to pray for you, but you know what? You need to seek the Lord. You need to be prepared for things like this. God has given you time and the truth and his son and his blood and his mercy. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, life's tough. And Abijah, Asa's dad, prospered, verses 19 through 22 of chapter 13. And that brings us back to where we started. That brings us back to King Asa in chapter 14. We read how he sought the Lord, how he obeyed the Lord. 
and how he was blessed by the Lord in 2 Chronicles 15.2. So now I want to look at how this truth of 2 Chronicles 15.2 is shown in evidence as we go forward in time from Asa, over and over and over. And, and you know, and I'm going to get to this tonight, but some people say, well, that just can't be right because God said he'd never leave nor forsake us. How can you say this? We'll get to that part tonight. That's programming note. But what I want for you to understand is with all these examples, time and again, for generations, is that this is true. Second Chronicles 15.2 is true. God hasn't changed. So let's look at paying it forward, as it were. Look at what happened after Asa's won this great victory because he sought the Lord. And the prophet Azariah has come out to him and told him this truth in 2 Chronicles 15.2. Let's read on from there, verse 3. Azariah continues after he says, The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Azariah continues, verse 3, For a long time Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without the law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and, watch this word, sought him, if you seek him, sought him. He was found by them. If you seek him, he will be found by you. And in those times, verse 5, there was no peace to one who went out, nor to the one who came in, but great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the land. Nation was destroyed by nation, city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity. But you be strong and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. When Asa heard these words, here he's coming with his plunder and his spoil, and here's Azariah comes out to meet him, delivers this message, and Asa hears him. And look what Asa does. When Asa heard these words in the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin, from the cities where he had taken, where he had taken in the mountains of Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestibule of the Lord. Then he gathered all Judah and Benjamin, those who dwelt with them in Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, for they came over to him in great numbers from Israel. The people he's just defeated. They come over to him in great numbers from Israel. When they what? When they what? When they saw that the Lord, his God, was with him. Why was God with him? Because he was with God. God was with him because he had sought the Lord. And it was obvious. Verse 12. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. It wasn't just a checklist. It wasn't something they showed up to do. They determined and they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord with all their heart and all their soul. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was to be put to death. You want to talk about strong? You're going to seek God with all your heart or you're going to die. You think Asa was serious? In case it was serious about the need to seek the Lord, do you think we need to be serious about seeking the Lord in our life? Yeah. Then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and trumpets and ram's horns, and all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and they sought him with all their soul, and duh, guess what happened? He was found by them. Just like he promised just like he has always promised, just like he has always kept his promise. 
and the Lord gave them rest all around. Move forward with me in his lineage a little bit. If you will, please. Although we have seen this truth manifest itself time and again in the early life and previous lineage of King Asa, we're going to look and see how it permeates later on. Asa had sought the Lord early on. We've talked about that at length. And he was blessed. <coughs> However, after all that faithfulness, after seeking the Lord, after being blessed, guess what happened? In chapter 16 of 2 Chronicles, Asa himself turns to the king of Syria instead of the Lord his God for help. Not only was that a foolish move, it was a fatal move. Because if you forsake him, he will forsake you, 2 Chronicles 15, 2. And that's what happened. Look with me in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 7. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. Instead of relying on the Lord, what did he do? He forsook the Lord and he went to an earthly king for his help. Look what happened to him in verses 12 and 13 of chapter 16. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet. His malady was severe, yet in his disease he did not seek the Lord. Man, what's wrong with you, Asa? You were doing so good. And you heard what the prophet told you, that you've got to seek him. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. Asa, what are you doing? Younger people that have grown up in the church and now middle-aged that aren't here ever anymore, what are you doing? You know. You know this is true. And yet Asa, even in his own physical health, doesn't seek the Lord's help. And in the 39th year of his reign, he became diseased in his feet. His malady was severe, yet in his disease he didn't seek the Lord, but the physician, so Asa rested with his fathers, died in the 41st year of his reign. Asa had a son. Asa's son's name was Jehoshaphat. We see the truth of 2 Chronicles 15, 2 revealed in his life. Look in 2 Chronicles 17 with me, would you? This is Asa's son. You'd have thought he'd learned from his dad the truth. That God's with you when you're with him, and if you seek him, he'll let you be, find him. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. You'd have thought, Jehoshaphat, how many generations have we talked about now? You'd have thought, but he didn't. 2 Chronicles 17, starting at verse 3, says this. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments, not according to the acts of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat, and he had riches and honor in abundance. And his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he removed the high places and the wooden images. That's really good, isn't it? Turn to me to chapter 20.
We'd see in verses 3 and 4 that Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, proclaimed to fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat, actually my mistake, Jehoshaphat was one of the ones that got it right. I get some of these Old Testament kings mixed up. Jehoshaphat got it right. However, his son Jehoram once again forsook the Lord. Look with me at Jehoram. 2 Chronicles 21, beginning in verse 12. A letter came to him, that is Jehoram, from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord God of your father David, because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat your father, or in the ways of Asa king of Judah, but you have walked in the way of the kings of Israel. You made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem play the harlot, like the harlotry of the house of Ahab, you've killed your brothers, those of your father's household who were better than yourself. Behold, the Lord will strike your people with a serious affliction, your children, your wives, and all your possessions. And you will become very sick with the disease of your intestines until your intestines come out. By reason of the sickness day by day, I'm glad it's not fellowship dinner day. Moreover, verse 19, the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines and the Arabians who were near the Ethiopians. They came up to Judah and invaded it, carried away all the possessions that were found in the king's house, his sons, his wives, and there wasn't a son left him, except Jehoahaz, the youngest of his sons. After all this, the Lord struck him in his intestines with an incurable disease. Happened in the course of time, after the end of two years, his intestines came out because of his sickness, so he died in severe pain. His people made no burning for him like the burning for his fathers. He was 32 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem eight years, and to no one's sorrow departed. I had to read all that because that line just stuck out to me. And to nobody's sorrow, he died. What does that tell you? It tells you nobody missed it. He was a terrible king. Why was he a terrible king? Because he had forsaken the ways of his father Jehoshaphat and his grandfather Asa. Let me give you two more examples and then we'll conclude. Look with me about Uzziah in 2 Chronicles 26. And again, this truth is seen throughout, throughout. 2 Chronicles 26, Uzziah verses three through five. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. He reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. You're never too young to start seeking the Lord. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. There's that promise of 2 Chronicles 15 2 again. Again. However, look in verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of God to burn incense on the altar of incense, something that even as a king he was not allowed to do again, again. Amazing. He gets rebuked, and then look at verse 19. He becomes furious. Look down in verse 21. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper. He was cut off from the house of the Lord. You know why? In the early part of his reign, he sought the Lord. The Lord was with him. 
Then he forsook God. Guess what? God forsook him. Final passage. Young people, you are never too young to start seeking and devoting yourself to seeking God. 2 Chronicles 34, verses 1 through 3. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. Eight. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. He didn't turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, that would have made him 16, he began to seek the God of his father David. In the twelfth year, this is when he was 20, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images. Guess what he was doing? He was seeking God. God was with him. Read about the life of Josiah. It's awesome. You are never too young to start seeking the Lord. Here's the flip side of that. You are never too old to be immune from the temptation to forsake him either. I don't care how many years you've been in Christ. I don't care how much studying you've done. I don't care what your position is in the church. There's not, a one, there's not one member of this congregation that is still breathing that is too old to be tempted, at least, by Satan to forsake God. Because if Satan can get you on your last day with the next to the last breath, he's going to take advantage of that. Where are you this morning? Yeah, you go ahead, close your Bibles. I don't want you to, I heard a preacher, uh, heard of a preacher once that preached about how much of the sermon we miss when we close our Bibles. So I'll give you time to do that so that I can get your attention back. So go ahead and close them, we're done. Where are you this morning? Rubber meets the road time. Where were you during Bible class this morning? Where will you be when the church meets tonight? Where will you be when the church meets Wednesday night? Where will you be the next time we get together to study? Where are you this morning? Where's God this morning? Is the Lord that is, Emmanuel, God with us, is the Lord truly with you, according to him, or not? For the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Where are you? Is God with you? 
If you've never been baptized into Christ to become a child of God, Jesus came and gave up everything so he could be with you. But you've got to want him with you. You've got to have your sins cleansed because he cannot, he cannot, God cannot coexist with sin in, with us. We, we've got to have our sins washed away. Do you want to be with him? You've got, to, you've got to have your sins washed away. You can't go to heaven with your sins. He came to be God with us, but do you want to be with him well enough that you're willing to arise and be baptized and wash away your sins so you can be with him? Are you here this morning as somebody who did that weeks ago, months ago, years ago, decades ago? The lesson this morning's kind of touched a nerve. And you know that you need to seek the Lord more fully and not forsake ever any time that you can study and, and learn more about him, where you can be more involved. And you need the prayers of the church, because listen, people get weak. I get weak. People get fragile. I understand that. People get busy. I, I get it. I really do. I haven't always been a preacher. With, it only works two hours a week, okay? It hasn't always been that way. But we need to make sure that he is indeed God with us by being with him as close as we can get. If we can help in any way this morning for you to be closer, right now, seek him, find him. If you have forsaken him, come back. The prodigal son was welcomed. We would love for anybody who has forsaken him, who's not been the Christian they need to be to walk down this aisle. We will love you. We will pray for you. We will support you. Anything at all we can. Come home if you need to. Come to Christ if you need to. Whatever you need to do as we stand and sing.